Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. So March 11th uh, was the first Sunday that I preached as a senior leader of the church. So uh, most of us probably would have been here or you've listened to it on the podcast. So I, I want to just highlight a couple of things out of that message for a couple of minutes. Then I want to talk about something. There was a quote in that message that I shared and I felt like the Lord uh, over the last three months pull out something out of that quote, which I didn't highlight on March 11th, but he's highlighting it now. So I feel like he's highlighting that for us right now, for us to step into what he's highlighting. And then there's a few other things that will open up into some steps for us. Is that okay? So he spoke something in March 11th, and I just want to hit that a little bit. And there's a quote in there that I didn't highlight a specific thing in it. And it's funny that I didn't, because I should have, but I didn't. And he's highlighting it now. Does that make sense? So March 11th, we launched in February, Presence Health Influence. How is it going to play out practically? Um, and then also the dreaming element, because we've got a dream, because he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. But there's also a practical side, like there's no good just prophesying over a homeless person without actually meeting practical physical needs. So we're passionate about the practical aspect and element of meeting people's needs, as well as spiritual needs. So we spoke about Presence Health Influence and that was all great. But then I felt like the Lord highlight this word for the end. We've been reverting to it a lot and it's the word consistency. And without consistency, nothing will happen. And that's a true story. And, uh, and I spent, yeah, my voice is going good, hey. But I felt the Lord encouraged me that, that, uh, that consistency was the key for this year. Regardless of what we see externally, regardless of the stuff that comes at us or around us, regardless of the numbers, regardless of the programs, regardless of the engagement, regardless of the interest, regardless of people's seasons and regardless of their now, regardless of all the things, which is all real, and I've got all of that going on as well, but regardless of that, if we can be consistent in the things that we know we need to be consistent in, it's actually inevitable that momentum comes. It's inevitable. Consistency brings a momentum, which is an unstoppable force that is unstoppable. So consistency for the next couple of minutes, it describes something that's done the same way for a long time. There's no time limit on it. We don't know when momentum will break out. We don't know when things start to click, when things start to feel good, when testimonies start rushing in instead of in bursts. We don't know, so we be consistent. It's an attribute of a person that's attractive, don't you think? When someone's consistent, When they're consistently kind, they're known as kind. If they're kind once a year, they're not known as kind. There's something about just being consistent. The word trust is actually developed by consistent behavior over a period of time. Consistency is everything. It's right through sport and it's right through our life. It's the steadfast adherence to the same principles, course, or form. Those with the most consistency 
are those that succeed faster than others and achieve more in less time. We spoke a lot about consistency and then we went on a three-month journey and I presented some keys and tools to be consistent. And those messages are all available online. And they were testimonies and prophecies. I spoke about knowing our season as a church, where we're at, and then where we are in that season, but also our own season. Spoke about knowing our now, our current, like what is the Lord doing in your life today, tomorrow, Wednesday, last week. It's current. It's a, what is he doing? How are you? Where are you at? We spoke about that back three months ago in May and June, uh, May and April, April and May. And we spoke about knowing our season, knowing our now. Then we spoke about what's your next step. Because if you know your season, you can know your now. And then if you know your now, you can take a step. If you don't know your now, you can't take a step and you stay where you are because you don't know your now. Does that make sense? So if we know our now, we take steps. And what's taking steps? It's consistency. So when we step into consistency, because we know our now, we know our season, we've got testimonies and prophecies, and we know consistency is a big deal, we start taking steps. And when what happens when we start taking steps is one foot in front of the other, even though the external looks weird and strange and opposite sometimes to what we're walking towards, it'll always look opposite for a season of time. It has to, as I said two weeks ago, if it's real and true and pure and right and a word from the Lord, it will be opposed. Peter talks about our faith being tested and proven to be worth more than gold. It does this thing in us. Character produces hope, proven character hope. And this hope does not disappoint because he's filled his love He's filled our hearts with his love. So consistency, a massive deal. Then we spoke about love as our highest goal. And, uh, and on March 11th, I shared this quote. It's a John Maxwell quote about consistency. How's my voice translating today? I sound like a radio host. So this is a quote from John Maxwell, a well-known leadership, amazing pastor guy. He's written about... 58 books. Motivation gets you going. I'll say that again. Motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. It doesn't matter how talented you are. Great. It doesn't matter how many opportunities you receive. If you want to grow, consistency is key. I love this statement. It makes sense. It feels right. It felt right when we shared it. It feels right now. Talking about consistency because we're not in a hurry. We're in no way in a hurry. As a church, we're building foundations and culture upon the foundations and culture that were already built. Because I want to see this church and this family and this movement and his kingdom and everything that he's doing, I want it sustained so that Bella and Jude and their kids are walking in it. Because if we don't commit to consistency, then we will rip up, rebuild, and redo forever. 
And I think the world needs it. I need it. You need it. We need some stability. We need some consistency. We need to know what we're doing and why we're going and where we're going and who we're going with. It's a massive deal. So this was the quote, motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how many opportunities you receive. If you want to grow, consistency is the key. And this is what the Lord's been highlighting to me. Motivation gets you going. And I skipped it. I skipped it on March 11th and I skipped it for the next three months. I didn't even consider it. I might have spoken about it a tiny bit. But as I've been praying and watching us as a church and just what's been going on and external things and our life and and people's lives and what they're walking in victory and also what they're walking in challenges, I really felt like God stamped this again and take me back to this quote. Motivation, it gets you going. So I want to talk about motivation today and then it'll spin into something else towards the end. Is that okay? Thank you. Motivation, it gets you going and it gets you moving. And I feel like as a church and as a people, we need an upgrade in motivation. Motivation is what it means. Motivation is the reason for people's actions, desires, and needs. Motivation is also one's direction to behavior or what causes a person to want to repeat behavior. An individual's motivation may be inspired by others or events, or it may come from within the individual. But just summed up there, the reason for acting or behaving in a particular way, that's motivation. The reason for acting or behaving in a particular way, in, it's our starting point for doing, it's the kickstart. You've heard that, you've heard many people saying, I've said it a lot, I'm just lacking motivation. I just don't have the motivation. I said it a lot um, as I was coming to the end of my landscaping career and I knew I was stepping into working up here. I was just like, I just was not motivated. Early on in my landscaping career, back in 99, I started my own business and you've got to be really motivated to have your own business. What's motivation? It's the reason why you act the way you do. It's the, it gets us going. Motivation There's something getting you going. You're motivated. We know. We hear it. We say it. I'm just not motivated at the moment. So motivation is this kickstart, this reason that we act in a particular way. It's like a spark plug. It causes us to start, to begin, to try. Motivation gets you going. It's the driving force behind why we do what we do. It's the reason for acting and behaving in a particular way. So just some questions. What's, what's motivating you? And I was thinking about this this morning that it's a massive question because, and often we can miss the big picture motivation because we've got so many little motivations all day, every day. We've just got this constant small amount like hundreds of small little motivating factors for our day. We've got all these reasons why we do. Like there's a reason why you brush your teeth. There's a reason why you eat breakfast. There's a reason why you drive your kids to school. There's a reason why you go to work. There's a reason why you put petrol in the car. We've got so many of these little motivating factors of why we do things that often we miss this big picture of why. 
And I want to ask a couple of massive questions. And it's okay if you don't have the answer. But I want to challenge you to go on a journey to get the answer. What is your motivation in writing out your dreams and goals for what you want to achieve in life? What's the motivation for you doing that? Presuming you've done it or wanting to do it. What's the motivation behind it? What is your motivation in you planning out your next five years? Obviously, things evolve and change and, and adjust, but what's your, what's your motivation in planning? What, what is your motivation in you creating your family culture? What's the motivation behind it? As I said, we have small motivations every day, but what about these big motivating factors in our life? What motivates you to grow in your understanding of how God sees you? What motivates you to learn how to approach Him and experience Him? I was thinking this morning in worship, I... I I've gone hard after learning how to engage and communicate and commune and experience his presence for eight years. I used to come to church and it was Russian roulette. Wonder if he'll touch me. Wonder if I'll be able to worship him and have a communion back and forth. It was robotic. But I just went, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to him and I. But he's, he's so involved and invested in my life that he wants a worship experience. Yes, it's all about him and we make it all about him and it's all unto him. But then he flips it and he's like, yep, I love this, but I love you. And we start to this back and forward connection and community. And I've gone hard after that for eight years because I wanted to know him. I wanted to experience him. There was, a mo- there was a motivation in me somewhere to go after that over the last eight years. What motivates you to learn how to approach him and experience him? What motivates you to want to love people well? What motivates you to pursue the spiritual gifts? What motivates you to come to church? Okay, so a little bit deeper now. Motivation, great. It gets us going. The question is not whether someone is motivated but why they are motivated and what they are motivated to do. As I said, motivation gets us going. But I'm a foundational speaker. You know this by now. So I'm like, okay, cool, but is there something else behind that? Because if we don't get that, then there's no point. And that's not my heart. I'm like, okay, is there anything else? And we can go back, 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 back forever. But I feel like there's one final foundation behind consistency, behind momentum, behind consistency, behind motivation. I feel like there's a, there's a link and a final point to why we are motivated. And it is why. It is your why. And it's knowing our why. Being motivated demands a what. It gets us going. Our what is our response. Our what is our Sunday service. Our what is the women's meeting. Our what are the the big things that we do. The what are our doing. The what are our responses. The question is not whether someone is motivated, but why they are motivated and what they are motivated to do. Being motivated demands a what. It gets us going, meaning it demands a response. Our what is our response, but our why ignites our motivation. We get so caught up in our what, where, when, and who that often we miss our why. 
Like, why do you do what you do? Why do you think the way that you think? Why do you behave the way that you behave? It's a question that I've been beginning to ask myself over this year. Because we know, often we know what we're going to do. You know what you're going to do this week. We've got our list of things that we know what we're going to do. We know what we're going to do, where we're going to go, when are we going to go, and who are we meeting. But do we always know the why? We get so caught up in our what, where, when, and who, but often we miss the, the single most important question for our existence, and it's why. Because why fuels our motivation. The word why means for what reason or purpose. Our why is the reason and purpose. Our why fuels motivation and motivation gets us going. We're going to show a clip now. It's a four or five minute clip and the guys are going to put it on. Are we okay? Amazing. Hope that encouraged you. So our why is the reason and purpose why we're here. Our why fuels our motivation, and motivation gets us going. So the why is behind the motivation. You know, Bella, uh, at the moment, I think she'd say the word why, I'd have to say 70 times a day. And I honestly love all 70. Um, I mean, you know, you know how much I love parenting and, and teaching, and I mean, that's in me anyway, teaching and training and encouraging, but the highest level of that is with the child, your child. And I, uh, and for me, that is. And uh, yeah, and she's just asking why for everything. Like every, every, single, every single thing that comes on. Like we're watching, we've started to watch. I watched Full House when I was young, that show. That's great, isn't it? And now there's a new one called Fuller House, which is just weird that she's watching it. And it's like 20 years down the track and, and we're watching it together and she's laughing and she calls it funny. I don't know why she calls it funny, but I want to watch funny. And she's asking questions on there like, Why? Like she's like, who's that? And I'm like, that's Stephanie Tanner. And she's like, why? I'm like, I can't answer that question. Um, that's a deep, really full-on question of why she's Stephanie Tanner. Or she's asking why the dog's like that and why this is like that. And all of her whys, a lot of them don't make sense. But I want to propose to you guys and us this morning that that is symbolic, a child in that when they hit two and they start, they go on this next three, four, five years and into when to their 18 and study, it's, it's all about why and understanding and why, why, why. I'd want to propose to you that it's not a coincidence, that it's actually this, this inbuilt deep thing inside of every single person because we want to know why. We want to know why. And of course, Bella's asking simplistic, well, they seem simplistic in their nature, those sort of questions, but it's highlighting a deeper thing in human behavior, which requires a why. Like you need to know, whether you know it or not, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing, why you're at the job that you're at. And it's got to be more than money and providing. They're really important. But to be able to answer that question, why I'm doing what I'm doing in life will bring the most freedom you can have in life. Am I making sense? 
Remember, motivation gets you going, but consistency keeps you going. But there's a, there's a massive, massive element to this motivation upgrade that we all really need. Because motivation gets us going, it gets us doing, it gets us achieving, and it gets us growing. It gets us impacting and influencing the city and amazing things. Motivation gets us going. But if we don't actually know our personal why, then we can't actually have motivation. Because our why fuels, is the key to momentum. I'd like to propose to you that we discover our why. And I want to propose to you that we discover our personal why when we look at the life of Jesus and how he presented this whole idea of operating in his why. Jesus knew his why. Can we go to Matthew 6, sorry? Can we go to John 6.38? For I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. For I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. John four thirty one to 35. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Fair question. And then this is massive in the context of what we're talking about today. Verse 34, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you say, don't you have Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. The harvest is right. That's amazing. He's like, guys, my food is to do the will of the Father. The purpose that I came for was not to do my own will, but to do his will. Luke 22, 42, Jen. Father, this is the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me yet, not my will, but your will be done. The will of the Father fueled Jesus. It fed him. It motivated him. It was his reason. It was his purpose. And it was his why. He came to model what life is meant to look like. We've got two really challenging scriptures and we're going to land this plane. Philippians 2.5. Jesus came to model what life is meant to look like and he had a really strong why that fueled him, that fed him, that motivated him to go to the cross so that we can live in freedom and carry on the work. Philippians 2.5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. We can see this as harsh if we're prone to condemnation if we're prone to having a really bad self-image of how the Father sees us, we'll grab this and just say, more works, I'm no good, I better have the same attitude of Jesus, I better get better. And it's, no, 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 he's presenting this amazing truth that you get to have the same attitude as Jesus did. You get to have the same access with the Father that Jesus did because the Father now sees you the same way that he sees Jesus. He looks at you the same as he looks at Jesus. 
John says, as we are, as he is, so are you in this world. It's mind-blowing. I had this vision back in 2011. And oh, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but I had, a, I had this really clear vision. And Jesus and I were playing. I always was a bit, oh, I don't want to have a vision like that, whatever. Because <laughs> a lot of people did at the time. I go, I don't, I don't want to picture Jesus coming into and telling me stuff. It just gets a bit weird. Anyway, so I was like, I was Mr. Like, I'm not doing this. So we were, we were having a time of, hey, let, let's really encounter God today and he's going to speak in a vision. I'm like, whatever. My attitude stunk and I didn't do it that day. We did it the next week and I said, all right, yeah, I need some breakthrough in my life. So, hey, let's do it. So I did it and I had this really clear, crazy picture. It's in my office in a book because I keep all that stuff. But it was Jesus and I, um, oh man, it sounds so corny, but we were playing hide and seek um, and God, the, oh, I know, I know, this, yeah, whatever. And God, the Father's there. And it's like this, like this is the picture. He was sitting on a chair and Jesus and I were behind him, right? And, and he's like saying, where are you? Where are you? And, and I said, I'm here. And he said, which one of you was that? And I was like, I just broke down. And I'm like, oh, like he just did this deep work in me that was insane. And he's like, I see you through the blood of Jesus. I see you the same Jesus came to model the will of the Father. He came to model life. And he's saying, guys, your attitudes, Paul's saying in a jail cell, guys, your attitudes got to be the same as Jesus because he modeled how life was meant to be. I was talking to someone earlier. I'm like, gee, life, we talk about the positive and the good stuff, but gee, life's crappy. Sometimes. Some of you will say all the time. And I'm like, our message, it's, it's, it's easier to go to other churches not being critical of other churches. Because we're expecting to, people to get healed when we pray for them. So we ask them, how is it? We take massive risks that can ruin a reputation, June 24. It's easier. It's, it's not easy coming here. I get it. But this, this whole kingdom deal is possible. And Jesus modelled that we can actually have this thing deep in our gut and it's a why. And if we don't have that why, we'll roll our fingers, roll our thumb, what's the expression? Twiddle our thumbs and be disengaged, which will lead to disappointment and defer hope. And we wonder why life isn't working. And I'll propose to you, it's because, and I'm not having a crack because I hadn't done it, but it's because we haven't taken the time to discover our personal why. We hear the $40 million sales of the purpose-driven life and it becomes a slogan. Do you know your purpose? What, What are you here for on the earth? Do you know your purpose? And I'm like, yeah, we are so good at just, just putting... Christian phrases into a box and it becomes familiar and we do nothing about it. And I'm the king of that. I've got about 80 books in my office I want to read. Pray for me. I'm going in for a month. I need a glass of water. Thanks, Al. Thanks, buddy. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? He knew it. How's this? I reckon one of the most Powerful verses, oh, powerful, it's probably the most challenging actually. Um, the 1 John 1, 1 John 2, 6, I think. Yes, 1 John 2, 6. Check out this one. Whoever claims to live in him 
must live as Jesus did. So in the context of this morning, I want to say, if we want to be believers, kingdom-minded, bringing His will and kingdom to the earth, this side of heaven, with what's possible this side of heaven, then I want to propose to you that whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. So if you want to claim to live that way, that, that, that not style, but that life, then we must discover our why. And I want to propose to you that foundationally, before we discover our personal why, we need to discover what his why is. And when we look clearly at the life of Jesus, he said, I've come to do the will of my Father. It's so significant in my life, this is Jesus talking, that it's actually my food. My food is to do the will of the Father. It, it fuels me, it sustains me, it motivates me. It's, it's the solution, the answer, the foundation of the life of Jesus. And in the context of today, he's presenting that, guys, it's possible. If, you wanna, if you're claiming to live in him, then it's, ne- it's a necessity that you discover your personal why, that you're here for 50, 60, 80, 90, 100 years, but then a step back if we don't discover his why and the big picture, then we'll never discover our why. And I'd like to propose to you that his will is our why. That his will is our why. Matthew 6, 9 to 10 is Dimitri. Do you want to jump up, mate, and just strummy, strum, strum, strum? That'd be amazing. Matthew 6, 9 to 10, a verse that's ruined me forever. In the context of Jesus saying, I've come to do the will of the Father. If, it's, if this cup can be taken from me, bleeding, sweating blood, not, not my will, but your will. He said it three times. He was all about the will. I've come from heaven to do the will of God. That was his Why? That was his purpose. It fueled him. It fed him. It motivated him. It got him out of bed in the morning to see miracles, signs, wonders, and to preach kindness, saying the kingdom is in, within reach. Let's read this together, as in I'm going to read and you listen, but it's still together. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. Pray then in this way. This is significant. This isn't the Lord's Prayer. And I, I'm not being rude to be rude. But we, we say it's the Lord's Prayer, but it's not. John 17 is, and I'm not being rude or having a go at people. But this is the the model prayer for Christians because the disciples asked the questions, how are we meant to pray? The Lord's prayer was him praying for the world in John 17. It's all red. But this is the model prayer for Christians. And he said, hey, I want you to pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed, that's set apart, sanctified, set apart, set apart be your name. Your kingdom come, the rule, authority, and the dominion of God, everything that's perfect, everything that's good, every, every characteristics, every temperament, every personality trait, every part of his character and nature is in the kingdom. Your kingdom come. And your will be done. That word will is a simple word. It's not an out of reach word. It's not a one day word. It's a now word. And it means simply his heart and his desire. 
which is to bring that whole realm of the kingdom that is good and perfect and pleasing, John 12, 2 says, it's to bring that down so that all the others can experience it just like we have. And I want to propose to you that before we discover our personal why that fuels our life, that causes us to burn, it's possible to burn and still go through disappointment. It's possible to burn every day and still be hit so hard that you don't know what to do. It's possible to burn. It's possible to know your why in the midst of obstacle and challenge and opposition. It's possible to burn. It's possible to burn for him. It's possible to wake up thinking about him and dreaming about him and wanting all your friends to experience him. It's possible to still feel that way even when you're going through it. It's not a seasonal thing of I'm good this month and I'm crappy the next. And I said crappy twice in church. But we go through it. But we can still burn. The only way we can truly burn is, is if we discover our personal, specific, unique why. There's a why you were born. There's a why you were born. There's a why you were born. And it's not just to do what you're doing. That, feel, that comes in. It adds to it. It's awesome. Answering to provide for my kids because I work is amazing. You going to uni to grow and learn is amazing. But there's another level under both of those things. And it's why you were born. And he knows why. So we need to go on this journey. And we're going to go on the journey so that every single person in this church knows their why. But I want to propose, and I've said that a couple of times, I want to propose to you, I want to propose that if we don't firstly discover his why, because everything's filtered through him. So for us to discover our personal why as communion can be handed out. If we don't discover his will, then we're not going to discover our why. I want to propose that his will is our why. Romans 12, 2, we are closing church. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform, the word metanoia, where we get metamorpho, butterfly, caterpillar. Read that book with Bella and we just think about, we just talk about the metanoia. It's the Greek word, and it means that transformation by the renewing of your mind. How's this verse? Many of us would have read the NIV translation that said, so that you may approve, approve, A, approve the will of God, like a nod of the head, concur, I agree. But the translation is not approve. It's not having a crack at Zondervan for their translating. Anyone representing Zondervan this morning? The actual, the, the actual word means prove, which changes the story. Because we're actually, we're to discover our personal why, we're meant to discover his why. And, and his why was the will of the Father. So I want to propose, oh man, I'm just doing it. That our why, that his will is our why. So that you may prove what the will of God is. That's his heart and desire. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. 
on earth, this side of heaven, as it is in heaven. That's the why. That's what they're talking about here that will prove that will. That your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will is good, acceptable and perfect. You were created to prove the will of God. You were created to display the will of God. You were created to demonstrate the will of God. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father. For us to put it on display every day, we've got to know what it is. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, God.